Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with ECS DNA Kit by Endo Canna Health. I did this years ago and it continues to empower me to get nerdy with my cannabis choices, which you know I like. If you've watched our Cannabis Legalization News podcast, did you know that right now you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com? That's E-N-D-O-D-N-A.com and use promo code POD25. That is P-O-D, the number two, the number five. Your purchase includes the EndoDNA Collection Kit. Endo decoded report, personalized cannabinoid and terpene suggestion, endo aligned product matching in your state, suggested dosage guidelines, and optimum methods of administration. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a BOGO offer on their Afeka soft gels lineup. Since so many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afeka Unwind created to support healthy sleep cycles using a patented proprietary formula of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are made of this. So buy one, get one, my friend. You can shop online at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at checkout to save 25% on your DNA test kit. What's up, everyone? It is 2 p.m. on a Wednesday afternoon. Thanks for tuning in to Cannabis Legalization News, where we explain marijuana laws so you can change them. Today, we're joined by Max Simon from Greenflower. We're going to be talking about cannabis certifications. So let's just get right into it. Hey, Max, Tom, Miggy, how y'all doing? Great. Great. What's happening? Thanks so much for joining us, Max. It's a really important episode because cannabis education is something that's so underserved. And why don't you tell everybody who you are, what Greenflower is, and and what you guys got going on? Yeah, cool. Nice to be with you guys today. And I uh, get to be with everybody in the virtual lands. Um, yeah, my name is Max Simon. I'm the CEO of Greenflower. We uh, are an education company. We started in 2014, you know, and we primarily started in the beginning to really educate people about the medical benefits of cannabis and the reasons why cannabis was actually good for our society. Um, but as we developed more and more, we got much deeper into the professional training. Um, and now if you go to the Greenflower website, we've got uh, hundreds and hundreds of courses that cover everything in the industry from the medical side to the cultivation side to the business side um, to the policy and law and advocacy side. And as we kept building more and more content, we really started to create these robust curriculums. And so we took those curriculums and we started approaching colleges and universities. And I'm really proud to say that at the uh, end of 2020, we now have nine university partnerships with schools like UC Riverside and uh, Northern Michigan University and Florida Atlantic University and some really you know, great prestigious schools where we're powering their cannabis curriculums um, in higher education. And so we do that in, in cannabis business, in medical cannabis, in cannabis law and policy, and then in cannabis agriculture, which is the most popular program. Um, uh, people love growing this plant. Yeah, right. It's so yeah. cool. It's so cool to me to think about UC Riverside teaching people how to grow. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, oh my gosh, I saw an ad on Facebook and like I was bitching about Facebook because they flagged one of my videos where all I was doing was explaining what New Jersey did. This yeah. is what they passed. It looks like these are the types of that's it. And they flagged that. And I'm like, how can you educate people on anything 
about it with with what the social media has. And then there's this ad on social media for uh, a University of Wisconsin Platteville that's having that's a ours. <laughs> one year. Oh, nice. I went to college. I went to law school at Marquette in Milwaukee, and so like uh, they don't have medical cannabis at all. Illegal. And so it's yeah. all legal. And that Platteville has a program. I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> what? You know? But see, that's that's the value of these university partnerships is that Facebook and all the platforms, they, they're not a cannabis education company because we, you know, it's a crazy thing. I mean, you are being censored. We're being censored. Yeah. Let's face it. Yeah. But, but it's a university. And so university, they're not going to censor the university. And so the university is allowed to do things that, you know, we've just been censored by doing. And that's the beauty of these relationships. So, yeah, we have Wisconsin, Platteville, Northwest Missouri State, um, you know, Florida Atlantic University. I mean, we've got these partnerships all across the country. Um, How do you approach a college that has no medical cannabis in the state and you say, hey, you want to teach people how to grow weed? Like, how do you start that conversation (laughs) to get in there, man? Well, so what what we've done is we've really seen cannabis education the same way that the higher education industry saw technology, which is that it was an extremely fast growing sector with huge specialized knowledge and a high degree of need for people to be well trained to get in. And so we've gone basically to all schools with the same message. You know, this is a, a vastly underserved industry that's that's growing nationally and internationally at an a extreme pace. And people are very undertrained. They are undertrained to be able to be successful in the space. So we have the, the programs and the infrastructure and the teachers and the ability to to bring these to market. And you should partner with us on it. And it's it makes sense why then schools are saying that's true, because all that is actually true, you know. Yeah. Um, you so, don't want to make those mistakes like just out there after you've spent all that money to get into business. Wouldn't it be nice if you could actually hire people that were trained and qualified so the business could run and operate more effectively? It's a dirty little secret in the industry, even though it's not so secret, but you know, it's really hard to find people to grow these businesses. And you, you usually have to choose between people either that have been doing it for a long time, but then that means that they're inherently not integrated into being into a legal, regulated, highly, highly world. world. Yeah. In the world, world, world. Right? They, they don't like that. I understand. Capital raise, Jeff. It's like capital raise. What the fuck? We, we dropped the thing over there by the pier. The money yeah, was. <laughs> I understand it. You have to inherently be, yeah. you know, interested in being a, an outlaw to have been in cannabis before right. this whole new legal thing. I get it. My first job ever was selling weed, ever, you know? So I get it. But, but that is not so helpful to the industry that's hiring thousands and thousands and thousands of people right now that yeah. in all these specialized places. And so there is a very legitimate underserved need here. You know, it's the, the companies are like, please give us people that are, you know, understand the regulated market, have some training and background and can come in and hit the ground running versus most people. It takes, you know, six months, nine months just to get these people up to speed, you know, Give us those likes for uh, cannabis education if you think it's important, because it, it it was so sparse in the round of Illinois, and it's going to be sparse in the round of New Jersey because there's no lawful, there's no lawful Eastern Seaboard operation. I mean, what's the closest one? Vermont? Come on, get over that. No way. Uh, and so, like, they aren't going to know, and they're going to want to get into this industry, and they're going to be just ah. Uh, 
blindsided. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's going to be blindsided. Well, I think Max has a great point as far as the uh, the range of the cannabis industry conversation. You know, I went to uh, a local pot shop here uh, last week, a very big one, um, one of the big creepy corporate ones. And uh, I was looking for little glass filters. I don't know if you're familiar with them in the uh, pipes. They're called jumping jacks, yeah. uh, right? The guy looked at me three times. I started to do first off. I smoked before I went in there. So I was just, I just wanted a filter. So like, I'm like, hey, do you got any jumping jacks? Huh? Whoa. Who's high? Me? You? What? Because he didn't know what the fuck I was talking about. It took this other guy who long hair, dreadlocks, be like, oh, yeah, we don't have those. Like, I didn't even know what they are. Yeah, but see, if we're education, because they're just cultural, there's properties like like a wine sommelier. Uh, they teach you about like the craft and the uh, uh, the way the uh, the plant was made, the wine was made, and then the tools used with it. Uh, it's kind of the same thing with cannabis. I think it's a very great well, necessity. And so that's a perfect segue. So we had yeah. these these you know parts of our business. You know that we have one part where but just individuals can go directly to the website, and then we've got this place where we're now you know, ingrained into higher education. We have another part of the business that's now actually working with cannabis companies to train their staff. Um, so that's a whole separate thing. But but really what happened is we saw it in 2017 that, you know, if you look at where all the consumers are interacting, it's all at retail, right? The only place that people are interacting is at retail. Yeah. For some bizarre reason, the people at retail have the lowest paying, low entry, low barrier jobs in existence. And so on all sides of that equation, it's set up to fail. You have, you're paying people $15 an hour. You're not investing in them. You're not putting any bar barrier to entry. And as a result of that, you know, again, it's terrible to say this, but across the whole nation, there's such terrible service happening. Terrible, terrible service happening. Oh, Max, have you ever purchased terrible. weed in Illinois? I mean, I, I haven't. No. All right. Well, if you want the worst user experience uh, or customer experience, because we're not talking about software uh, ever, uh, buy weed at a legal dispensary in Illinois. Like you shuffle in. It's kind of like soup Nazi stuff. You know, no, no, not too much. You can't smell the weed. You can't look at the weed. The weed, you can't touch it. It's placed into a paper bag and then you leave. And then you have to drive off site. I mean, it's just it, that's not a great experience at all. And, and you know, again, what's even more concerning to me is um, most of the time people are just making up total their suggestions about what to do for somebody in front of them mm -hmm. out of no real logic, no background, no science, no history, no understanding, no protocol. You know, they're just, I mean, somebody said it to me the other day. It's true. They're basically like vending machines. Mm. And, and unfortunately they're vending machines that oftentimes spit out the wrong products and wrong information at the same time. So we saw this thing happening. And then we also realized that there was this need to create a new level of sophistication for how we even judge cannabis, how we understand what cannabis quality is. So we started in 2018 to build this cannabis sommelier program. And it's called called Gangier, um, G-A-N-J-I-E-R, Gangier. Um, it took us three years in development, and we are literally just now opening up early applications for the first round of people to turn them into this cannabis sommelier because we've built this program that goes through systematic assessment of quality of products, teaches you all about the history, the botany, 
We developed a new level of protocol for customer service in terms of how you interact with people. We created a grading app for people to put qualitative measures of, of, quant, of, of uh, quality on cannabis flower and cannabis concentrates. And now people will be trained and certified in this as a cannabis sommelier. And so that's the newest project that that's the world is literally just hearing about like now because we're just mm -hmm. starting to talk about it. Um, that's been in development for the last three years. So we're, we're, I'm right there with you, Miggy, that, that this need for getting people to be educated at that retail level is so important. You know, it's funny you point out that the interface, the interaction is mostly a retail level. And here in Washington State, one of my big questions to all the employees was, where are you from? Like, you know, I'm big on supporting local uh, cannabis industries. The One of the only industries that could be 100% American made, uh, uh, you know, supporting us. And a lot of the people I talk to are out-of-staters. Out-of-staters with no experience with cannabis that, you know, you and I have from our childhoods or whatever, you know, uh, it's, it's very needed to have that, uh, uh, the, but the certification that, uh, the, you know, the accreditation that you're providing. Uh, are you taking parts from the college course into the sommelier course? Is that how you guys? No, the Ganjier certification was completely and totally built just for that program. Um, and so, uh, you know, what was really cool about it is once we started down this path, you know, we started to hit a bunch of roadblocks. We started to realize, well, okay, there is no, grading system for cannabis flower or cannabis concentrates. Yeah. So we need to create that. Oh, so that means we need to actually understand how are people going to do assessments, right? It's actually a quite sophisticated thing. And so we started to, to compare these things and realize we needed some help. So we brought in 18 of what's called the Ganjier Council. And these um, from our research are some of the most legacy cannabis professionals in the world today that are also participating in the legal markets. So that's the key. There's lots of legacy people, right, as we know, but many of those people are still underground. There's a much, much, much smaller percentage of people that have been legacy people completely transitioned over and then become the top at those levels in the leg in the regulated space. So we brought over people like Frenchy Cannoli, who's one of the most legendary hash makers um, in, in the country right now. Mm -hmm. We brought over Kevin Jodry, who runs Wonderland Nursery. He's um, you know, the guy largely responsible for propagating CBD clones in Northern California in 1990. Wow. Wow. We have Swami, you know, Swami Chitanya, who's Swami Select, right? He's got oh, that yeah. beard. He's the longest running Emerald Cup judge. He's the, he was part of the first class and has run the judging for Emerald Cup every year since its inception, you know, and so on and so on and so on. And so we got all these people together and they built the curriculum to understand what a cannabis Somalia would really need to know. Mm. And that curriculum was built exclusively for Ganjier. Um, it's about 40 hours of video alone yeah. <laughs> um, that just goes into it. So it's pretty cool. No, it's fantastic from like a, a connoisseur's thing where if you just really appreciate good cannabis, like the whole experience of it and uh, and consuming it, it sounds like one of the more fun things to learn. That's, like, thing that's ever. awesome. I'll tell you the, the best part about this whole <clears> thing. It's I, I, I still laugh when I even talk about it because it's funny to me. But part of this, just like a sommelier, you have to really develop your palate. Mm -hmm. To really develop a palate using this system of analysis, you know, there's four criteria. You have you have appearance, 
right? How it looks. You have aroma, how it smells. You have flavor, how it tastes. And then you have experience, the experience of it. And so we created this big 100-point grading scale that goes across all four of those different areas. And then you have to develop a palette to be able to say, oh, this aroma is in one of these six categories. And within these categories, it has the underlying tone of, you know, lemon and mango, right? And so you have to get there, you have to practice. And yeah. so as we were developing this whole thing, that's what know, I was going to say. It's like, developing, like I was like me and my, and Derek, who's, who's the, really the co-founder of Gangier. He, he's mm-hmm. been there. He was the first person that I shared the idea with. He's been the director of the project the whole time. He's the managing director of Gangier. So Derek gets way more credit actually than I do, truth be told. But mm-hmm. he'll go over to Derek's as we're developing this thing every week. And I would come home so stoned <laughs> because we had like gone through 10 different, you know, cultivars to use the assessment protocol and then like refined it and practice. We needed, we needed to make sure that this could be trainable, that we could create this and that, that the metrics that we're using were actually able to be replicatable. Cause that's the only way you can standardize a training. So, you know, hundreds and hundreds, and I would come with my wife and be like, yeah, uh huh. You're working again, I see, huh? <laughs> uh, you're working. This is for the family. <laughs> I imagine it's probably the best freaking weed. I mean, you got Kyle Cushman on that yeah. board. So, like, yeah, we, we have uh, actually. And Swami, I mean, like, these guys, they don't just know how to grow. And then and then you have Frenchie's uh, uh, hash. Oh, my God. I that's mean, like as look, good yeah. as it gets. That's, yeah, the, that's weed. That's uh, you can't get tastier stuff that I'm aware of. I mean, like some people be like, my 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 fire's the bomb. Like I get it. So here's I, here's I, the I, council. I'm looking at it. So we got Kevin Jodry, Frenchie Cannoli, uh, Patrick the Soil King, who runs you know one of the largest manufacturers up in Northern California. Jeff Raber, Doctor Jeff Raber, who's a um, you know again a scientist. He's been in the cannabis space for 12 years. Then we have Swami and Nikki from Swami Selects. Mel Frank's on the board, who wow. literally wrote the book, The Marijuana yeah. Grower's Bible, in 1973. <laughs> um, Nick Tanum, his name's Nick T. He's won 13 High Times Cups for concentrates. He's the guy that that actually kind of invented the term solventless. He was the oh, guy, wow. first first legal hash company in the United States, uh, Nick T. Wow. Uh, so Aaron Varney, who runs Dockside, actually out there by you, right, Miggy? Yeah. Or, right. So Aaron Varney, the CEO of Dockside, he's on it. Then uh, Amanda Ryman, who's been a, a kind of a cannabis activist, cannabis educator for decades. Gene uh, Coleman, who runs the Appalachian Project up in Northern California, along with Justin Calvino, also on the Appalachian Project. Then we have uh, Omar Figueroa, who's a lawyer, very, very legacy cannabis lawyer here in California. Yep. Wendy Kornberg, who runs uh, Sunibus Farms. It's a outdoor, like very strong proponent of, of outdoor sun-grown. Then we have uh, Josh Werzer and Alec Dixon, co-founders of SC Labs, and then and then Derek Gilman. So it's a it's a good group of people. Yeah, yeah. It looks like it's going to be a fantastic product, and uh, I can't wait to have the ability to to um, sample all those wares. Maybe after another year or two of building yeah. the business, I'll be like, all right, well, got this sufficiently staffed. I'm going to go tell the difference between all of these terpenes. Well, so that's you know again the the part of what's just so the, everything about this whole project I love so much. Um, you know, somebody who's been a cannabis consumer for my whole life, actually, yeah. it's been so cool to be able to really put, you know, standards around all this stuff. Really think about how do you standardize all this so that it, it has 
reoccurring consistent value. Anyway, my point is the second part of the training is the, the live hands-on training because we're going to actually be having people fly in to Mendocino. We've got a great little beautiful event space that we've already contracted starting in June. And every month people will fly in and we'll do the assessment protocols together in person. You know, we'll bring in the flower, we'll bring in the concentrate and we'll spend those two days, two days together going through all the assessment protocols with all this curated product um, up in Northern California together, getting trained on it. Um, and then people will go home and practice from there. So that's baked into the process. It's baked into the certification that there's this two day thing right in the middle of it to get that experience, but also get the training, you know? Wow. I mean, that'll definitely boost somebody's uh, resume up in the cannabis, you know, cause we're at, I tell Tom all the time, we're in the time now, like you said in the beginning where anybody could do what they want, but now we're at the point where people are Googleable. I can look you up. I can find yeah. out what your reputation is or what your experience is. And, and this would be a great certificate to have. Uh, yeah. The subject matter experts is a term tossed around in the industry sometimes by people that quite often lack subject matter expertise. And so um, how do you see these types of educational credentials being used in the future to distinguish people's knowledge base when they're for example, on a competitive application or uh, applying for a job uh, for a particular role at a cannabis uh, cultivation and also a vertical cannabis, but a mom and pop vertical, you know, between 10 and $50 million. I mean, people forget that this is happens in every other industry known to man. <laughs> it's not like this is, you know, people getting certifications and qualifications is new to cannabis. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> like it's, what it is, is there hasn't been reputable programs that have had enough depth to them that they really have some kind of legitimacy. And so that's the thing. That's why, you know, the, the, the programs through the colleges, they're six month programs. It's not like it's a flashbang thing. It's a very rigorous. So when you get a, you know, UC Riverside certificate, it actually means something. And we already know that our the employers that are getting those students are saying we're hiring this person yeah. because they stood out way above everybody else because this was a university level program. Gangier is like a, again, it's another eight month training. It's right. rigorous and deep. And so I think the way that these things start to mean something is when just like in the real world, the programs that are offering it are real, they're deep, mm. they're rigorous, they're, you know, validated, they have some real value to them. And then people that are taking those are taking that education and being successful. You know, that's the other piece is those people taking and saying, you're right, I got this and I got ahead. And so now as a result, I got hired or I you know, got better terms or I got promoted or I got more responsibility. And so it's happening. It's just so early, you know, yeah. it's just so oh, early, but so early, like the entire Eastern seaboard is still under like, what <laughs> should we call this under the, the before time law, the before time laws suck, man. Like uh, even Illinois is, we gave out zero licenses this year. So stupid. Yeah. A <laughs> uh, user asked, how much does the program cost? Uh, so the right now, I mean, you know, we truth be told, we really tried to make it super reasonable for the so for the whole certification, it's only three thousand um, dollars. You can buy it in chunks too. the the training and then the app are going to come out separately for for like seven hundred bucks. 
the live training when it's by itself will probably be like, again, like 2,500 bucks. Mm. Uh, and then, and then the exams will be another $500. Cause there's a three part exam. It's actually an exam in assessment. So you'll get tested in assessment. You get tested in service. So we were training people against this customer interaction protocol so that we'll, you know, train, uh, test people against that. And then just a knowledge assessment as well to make sure that they have the proper knowledge. Because again, you know, Miggy, you said it, it's fucking unbelievable to me how lacking of knowledge many people have in cannabis and, and that hurts us. And then, and the problem, the reason it hurts us is because when they get asked, they just make shit up. And when you make stuff up, it spreads all sorts of terrible information and it hurts the credibility. So, you know, we need to cut that out. <laughs> well, you know, so, you, you want the highest THC, bro. No, 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 you don't. You, you want the cannabis that's right for what you're going for. But, that's you know, yeah. the bullshit that Max talking about, the, 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 the lies they make up on the spot. You know, a wine sommelier would not be a thing. Like, that's the whole industry. So the ganjier is definitely going to be a thing. It's definitely going to be... You know, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. it would behoove a company to, to, to invest in one person to go to, through your, your, that's, but that's it our would, vision, our vision then, is to have one ganjier in every retail shop across the world. But right? the, the, the retail aspect of it and the cultivation aspect of it, like in Washington State, like they're very well cleaved there. You can't have the retail and then the cultivation on the same side. But the ganjier certification would help with the cultivation angle as well because you know what terpenes, you know how it was grown, you know how it was processed, all of those things. Uh, and then not only would you know, then like I was watching something yesterday because I couldn't sleep. Uh, it was the history of Hershey, Pennsylvania. This guy just for whatever reason got a whole bunch of money and built a city and then made up the chocolate recipe. Just made it up. He bought some guy to do it for him. It was crazy. Wow. But uh, these types of things will be happening in this cannabis industry and the flavors and the processing and, and all of that stuff are going to be studied and perfected and yeah. I mean, you know, someone's going to be like, hey, I'm having a, uh, a turkey dinner. What would go good with, you know, cranberry? And be like, oh, I got some blue dream that would go well with your, uh, you know, I mean. That's well, and you know what you realize? So this is what we discovered in building these protocols. There, there's actually only two. So what's different from cannabis than wine or than and even other things is that there's there's two reasons people use cannabis or seek cannabis. One is they seek it for flavor and experience. Right. So, so like, meaning I know I want stuff that's super gassy or, you know, I want stuff that's got a super big head high or, you know, whatever it is, it's like you start seeking it for a very specific flavor or a specific experience. Or the other one is that you you search it because you're wanting to do something right. I'm wanting to go uh, be creative. I'm wanting it to use for sleep. I'm wanting it to use for pain. I'm wanting it to use for journaling or for sex. I'm wanting it to use to chill out at the end of the day, right? And so that's what's different is with food, it's almost, or with, with wine in particular, it's so food oriented, mm. right? It's so, so food oriented. You're pairing the, the, the product with food and that's the primary study. Whereas with cannabis, you actually have to learn how to pair with the flavor and experience profile as well as for the, the, the external effect, you know, the relaxation, you have to learn both those things. And so that's what a ganji gets trained on. They get trained on both those things, how to assess flavors, smells, aromas, quality, and then also how to communicate based upon what those are, 
how it affects the effect profile. How do people use it most safely and consistently? What products do they choose at what times? You know, that kind of thing so that those are both paired together. So that's one of the things that's unique about cannabis versus like alcohol. Yeah, because alcohol usually just has that one ending. (laughs) Drunk. Drunk. Yeah. Nobody's like, you know, I wonder if I should have this kind of drunk or that kind of drunk. (laughs) Right. Yeah. What are you look? What are you going for in this drunk? Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. What kind of drunk are you going for? <laughs> what kind of hangover are you chasing? You know. Right. That's, right. That's, so it's, it's all different. You know, all different. But that's what's been. So that's, first off, this is why it took three years. Is that as you get into all this stuff in practicality, right? We started studying wine and beer and cigar and um, chocolate. We studied all the the sommelier programs. We took them and we really went deep. We opened up their curriculums, their training protocols, their uh, ethics and guidelines. Like we went through all of that stuff. We really broke it down. And then we said, which of this applies to cannabis? And a lot of it did, right? Like, for example, the structure of the training versus the hands-on training versus the three-part assessment, that's the wine sommelier. That's actually the same structure as how they do wine sommeliers. There's the training, there's the in-person, then there's the three-part exam. And so we said, oh, that works good for cannabis, right? But then we started looking at that same thing of like, well, it doesn't pair well against food. That's not why people are doing it. So you're not now learning to make sure that their knowledge is food and wine you're making sure their knowledge is quality and experience, you know? And so it's, it's just cool. It's how it's all developed. No, that makes perfect sense. Uh, uh, You know, I I wish, you know, I've been consuming cannabis for over 20 years and I still don't think of myself as a, uh, an expert or an aficionado. I'm more of a connoisseur. Like we're, Oh, dude, this is going to blow your mind when you realize how much we don't know. Like I was in that room with these people and I would be like, Oh my God, there's so much you don't understand about this stuff until you get with real experts, you know, and they really start getting super granular with all these things. Anyways, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Totally, but like- totally. Like people who have experience with the plant, people who can touch it, grow it, love it, and, and know like this is the seed I took, this is what I grew, this is what I did. And then they smoke it and experience and go, okay, now I can do a comparison of what I did and didn't do. Whereas me, for the first 20, 10, 15 years, I was just buying what was given to me. And then for the second 10 years, I've been just buying what's lower cost. You know I mean? There's no, like, I, the only thing I can tell is Blue Dream. Like, I went on this whole, like, one-year Blue Dream stint where I just kept buying Blue Dream. And then I could, like, all right, I taste it. That Blue Dream, uh-huh. like Blue Dream I had yesterday. But other than that, there's no other strain I could pick, you know? And that's the thing, you know, like we've even gotten into it's so it's so geeky. Like and I, I don't I, I truth be told, I'm a little worried about, you know, because it's so geeky. Like, I don't know if people are going to be able to keep up with care. it in some places. But but, you know, like you go into the fact that turns out there's six major kind of cultivar profiles that are consistent almost across 98 percent of the cannabis you know, cultivars that are out there. And they all fall in these six groups. And, and so, you know, every strain is like a little variation of basically the same group. So part of what Gangier did is they took those six groups and they really started to profile them out so that you could identify the characteristics of those six profiles. And then those six profiles would mean that, you know, a blue dream falls in here and a blah, blah, blah falls in here. And another one, you know, it's like it all kind of falls in the same category. So we'll see if people are able to do it. I don't, you know, it's quite sophisticated in its, in its orientation, but. Sure, will be fun. <laughs> yeah, that is really one of the awesome things. Uh, getting back to cannabis education, 
It is it's so complex. And then people, depending on what level of awareness they have of the cannabis plant from, you know, straight up propaganda, like it's it's the devil's lettuce. I, I can't like 97% of Republicans in Congress voting against the Moore Act, like that kind of, what do you mean we have an endocannabinoid system? Anandamide, I'm sorry, I don't listen to hip hop. You know, uh, they just have no clue. And then you have at the exact opposite end, like somebody that has decades of experience and that could, you know, taste and smell and be like, oh, he's over in this this element of the of the plant. That is just crazy. And so like that, we have these types of certifications that you guys are selling really helps because once people really understand that it's more in depth than wine. Uh, and, and then beer, and that they could use it functionally and also flavorfully. It's I, I think it's going to be a, just a huge industry in the future. Okay, so look, you know, this is like literally such a sneak peek. You won't even believe it, but we're working on the app right right now, and um, we're we're probably got a good month or so from finishing it, all the functionality. But let me just show you. So, like, here's the visual appearance side. So you take a photo. Then you start to look at whether there's contaminants. So do you see anything that contaminates it? And, you know, you can look and see what are all those things. Then you go into trichome density. So the density of the trichomes on the flower. And again, it has these grading scales. So you can see it's sparse, which is zero to 30% coverage, moderate 31 to 85% coverage or dense 86 to hundred percent. Then you have the intactness of the trichomes shows you, um, how, how preserved they have been in the handling, wow. a few, many, most. Then you go into the structure, which is basically the trim. How is the physical structure, the cultivar type? And you can look at these again from uh, loose, typical, and tight. And then it goes into rating qualitatively. So here's the trim quality from overly trimmed into perfectly trimmed on a scale of zero to 10. Wow. Flower maturity, which is when it was picked, so you can tell by the color of the trichomes and how it was dried um, exactly actually how ripe the flower is and when it's consumed. Then we have the cure, which is the conditions in which it was dried. And so you can tell that goes into things like yeah, the dryness of it, the aroma profile. And then finally, the tactile, where you touch it and you can actually get a sense from training um, how sticky it is. And you can rate that. And then finally, you, you finish the appearance grade with uniqueness, the flavor, uh, the profile of the uniqueness of the look. That's just the visual appearance grade. <laughs> yeah. So this is why I can't live in Florida. Because, like, you know, I, I can't grow weed then, you know, and so it'd be, it'd be terrible. But that's, that's fascinating. And then that would be great to have if you were a buyer. Imagine a future world where there's not these limited markets. So there's one weed supplier and it's more like California uh, or, or Oklahoma or in Michigan where you can grow and then you're trying to sell to a dispensary and they're going through and they're checking all that stuff off. There will be differences in product. Yeah. What's great I mean, is this is about creating a standard for quality and then learning how to engage with consumers in a way that communicates how you pair that quality with the experiences people are looking for. Right. And so that's why for us, the tagline is to become a master of cannabis service because to us, that's what this is all about. This is all about making sure that we are truly providing the highest level of service to cannabis consumers, whether you're new, whether you're experienced, whether you're coming for 
very specific reasons or you're coming just to try it out, that we have the level of service, the product acumen, the standards of, of, of communication, and the ways in which we do this really authoritatively to provide that level of experience. And that will open up the cannabis market because then from that level of experience and communication, people will just be blown away by the potential of what this plant can do. It's crazy how before we talk about hemp. <laughs> but crazy how geeky we can get, but yet we still need more studies. No. It's just that it's not, I mean, really, <laughs> we do need more studies to satisfy scientific rigor, which is a thing. It's a thing. And, right. and you know, what I've learned is governments and, um, you know, very long-standing institutions, banks, they, they feel like they need those things. That's what, that's, that's what they feel like they need. And it's not great, but it is what it is. Where's you know? the alcohol study, though? Where's the opium study? Where's there all was, the other there was 12 years of alcohol studies. Al Capone came in, shot up at <laughs> Chicago, and they decided, okay, we got this wrong. Now, if white people were using weed as much as the other people, I don't think the prohibition against weed would have lasted as long. But it was like a lot of Jewish you know, jazz musicians at the time. There weren't that many of them. Uh, I mean, I hate to say it, white people have been using weed at the same pace all the time. It's just they haven't been getting as much trouble. You don't yeah. think it just really started in the 60s no. with the Beatles? No. No, I think white people have always been using as much as as, oh, yeah. as minorities. They just they they're less targeted. That's what I've come to learn. Actually, it's just it's really is racially unjust. Wow, well, I mean, I kind of like got that like after like you know the, the I didn't think the hippies really started smoking it until like the Beats in the fifties and like some cool people in the forties. But before the forties, I just figured white people didn't use weed. They were all like on patent medicine and opium and stuff. No, I, I think it's I think it I I I do believe that this is actually a truly a racist issue. I think that there there's just systematic racism built into it that have targeted minorities more than white people. Not that there's any differences in consumption levels and consumption percentages. I, I think it's just been um, racial bias. So going back to the, the, the yeah, but you can go back to the Harry J. Anslinger uh, articles. I mean, they would res respond to it and be like, "Oh, it was a Hispanic, those degenerate races," and like that's like in the testimony them saying that shit. And so, and it was just complete made up from what they call in, in yeah, court. It's terrible. I mean, there's a lot of things that are just flat out ter terrible in cannabis. I mean, you know, we work closely with the last prisoner project. They got 44,000 people still uh, behind bars for, for cannabis, nonviolent cannabis convictions, doing exactly what everybody that is in the legal market is doing legally. Like right. that, that is so not right. It's so not right, you know, and there's just, there's things like that that happen everywhere. But you know, I mean, there's a lot of problems in the world. Problems don't change quickly. They change slowly. And so we're there's progress being made. It's not happening as fast as people want. And it's more emotional in many cases than, than, than it is in other places. But it is happening and, and it'll it'll get to a good place eventually. <laughs> yeah. And I think programs like yours and just general education and jobs will we have a lot of people on the the program that when they get in, it's always like this you know, night and day type story where they realize they were lied to and all that stuff. And then when it strikes really close to home and the medicine really matters or somebody close to home gets arrested or ensnared into the, uh, the, the justice system. And it's just terrible that we have this collective. Um, I mean, it, it's like we're willfully hurting ourselves as opposed to changing the law. And then why are we doing it? Because we've just done it. What's that? 
no other no other industry has a guy like me who just spends his off time trying to tell people fucking free the other people. You know what I mean? Like there's no other activists for meth. There's no other uh just you know this is a I mean I think that's thing. where it comes down to though, you know, like um this if you really think about it, it makes perfect sense to me. For the last 90 years are a very strong people of authority, whether they were right or wrong, have been telling us this is bad for us, bad for society, bad for your health, bad for your brain, you know, bad for your motivation. I mean, we've had we've had 90, 90 years of the highest level of authority telling us this was bad. And now you have literally the polar opposite happening. You have people saying, this is saving my life. This is the key to economic growth. This is the best thing that's ever happened to me. This is the, you know, a miracle cure. And so those are on opposite ends of the spectrum. And this is a lot more true than this old stuff is, but it doesn't mean the pendulum just swings over here like that overnight. And so it'll just take some time as this kind of continues to die out. And the beauty that's so, that is so beautiful about cannabis is that this other side that's the good is so loud. We're so loud. And so, you know, it'll eventually just kind of, this will overtake this and this will go away and there'll still be some haters because traditionalism and conservatism just always holds on to old stuff. Yeah. But it's going to change. It is. While being shadow banned. While being shadow banned. Yeah. Look, I I hate to tell you this, bud, but I I was the first one of the cannabis education YouTube uh, binge to happen. We got shut down in 2019. For, for cannabis education, doing nothing but education, you know? So I feel you. I was telling uh, Tom earlier, I was looking for a Google search on you guys. You have 96 followers, 96,000 followers. Yeah. And uh, technically, any good algorithm will pop you guys up within the first, uh, 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 you know, uh, within the search. But uh, let me see if I can share it with you. Yeah, we had 140,000 when we got shut down. Look, you're not even, you're not even in the, so this is the second channel then? You guys ready to reboot your channel? Yeah, we just said fuck it and did, did it again. But see, yep. you don't even pop up in the thing. I have to actually type in Green Flower Media, the whole thing. Green Flower, you should have popped up with over 100,000 subscribers, I would think. And that about. is why I used a generic search term, <laughs> cannabis legalization news. Wow. More than just a hat rack. Very good. Very good. Yeah. Uh, I still can't believe they popped us for doing, we did a piece on uh, how much THC should be in hemp. And we linked to an article where I explained it on my law blog, banned for two weeks. How dare you, Tom, how dare you? <laughs> We're pushing up a hill, but the hill is slowly getting smaller. It, as we keep it's going. all going to change. It, it, it's not going to happen overnight. We know that for certain. Ask, you know, Steve D'Angelo, one of our... You know, oh, yeah. most prized experts, uh, one of our, anyways, just, we love Steve, said, I've been doing this for 40 years. And every year we always thought this was the year everything was going to change, you know? So uh, yeah. it just, it takes some time. <clears throat> it takes some time. Yeah, it so is, it's something else. Uh, oh, gosh, never mind. Go ahead, Miggy. Oh, no, I'll just say we're so much closer. That's all, bro. Max, thank you so much for joining us on this Christmas Eve Eve. I know you got to get out of here, so we're going to send you off and cover the news in a minute. But where can we go to find, follow, and enroll in your uh, Green Flower programs? 
Well, I think that people should go to green-flower.com. Um, one of the, the cool things in the new platform that's that just went live is that you can actually take some courses for free. Right on the homepage, it'll say try it free. So that's a great place to start because it gives you some access to just some really good free stuff. Um, so you should go there. You should definitely also go to ganjie.com and all the Ganjie social channels. We, we post a lot of cool content in that Ganjie universe. So um, that's at ganjie.com. And then you can find me personally. I'm, all, I'm only on LinkedIn personally, but uh, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. I like that channel a lot. So uh, I'm on LinkedIn if you want to follow me there. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we'll talk to you later. And we're okay, guys. Thank you so much. Thanks. What up? All right. That was awesome. The Ganjie Cannabis Sommelier Certification. We had uh, Cannabis on last week and we talked about aspects of that, but let's do the news summary, man. Yeah, dude. Uh, so I wanted to share, uh, you know, Georgia is always on my mind. Georgia's on your mind until we have that election. And John Ossoff, uh, he made this little commercial right here and I got to play it for you. This is, this is grand, dude. Just, just listen. Let's see if I can play i'm trying to do the share yeah that audio it's not happening well it's not even pushing play like it's not even like moving well then just uh recall the audio and tell it to us oh there we go place an order for pickup please Uh uh-huh it's john yeah j as in jobs o as in over 1.5 million georgians have voted early in the runoff for u.s senate and if you want to relieve student loan debt, save the environment, legalize marijuana, and increase the minimum wage to fifteen dollars, you better vote now. There we go. So, on the platform, on, on the, the platform. platform, on the platform. You know what I saw in news over the week that I thought was great. Besides Georgia, don't forget to vote early. It's you can vote right now. Vote for the holidays. Get yourself legalized. And uh, guest of the show. Weldon Angelos was pardoned by Donald Trump among 15 people pardoned by Trump on Tuesday. Uh, we had him on the show. Oh, yeah. And so he was already out. And so now he was officially pardoned, unlike uh, um, Lance Glore, who's still in, as far as we know. Yeah. No, no he's, he's still in. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about his situation again because we talked about him yesterday. Uh, he, he hasn't seen his family in five years. He's been yeah. locked in a cage alone for five years. So we can get access to him and get an interview. I think that'd be spectacular. Also today, um, uh, not today, but yesterday, Michigan uh, released Michael Thompson, long-serving prisoner. uh, Thumbs up for getting the prisoners out of jail and then also pardoning them. That is, it is not over until we wipe those, uh, those smirches off their record. I mean, that's just so wrong that we did to these people. Oh, we need that more act, brother. We need expungement. I mean, it's not good. Perfect, and that's but... one of the things that I wanted to bring up to the guests because he knows a lot of the operators in the the, the Western Seaboard. But uh, trying to have that social equity be funded by all the money that has already been paid by the the, the operators through IRC two hundred eighty e that would be awesome because it's it's billions of dollars. It's billions. Yeah. So. Like, you could fund all those regulations and a lot of those programs on the front end being like, hey, why don't we put that in the Morax? So like all that stuff's already fund and, and then all the uh, the operators get like a dividend or something, a one time 25 cents of the dollar payout. But that would, but that's not written in now, right? Oh, heck no. No, that's my idea. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I just want to see this thing get through, man. Like we were so close. The last time we were this close was during the Carter administration. Talking about somebody else who's close. 
Snoop Dogg, Casa Verde Cannabis Capital closes on $100 million as the cannabis industry bounces back. So Casa Verde Capital must be affiliated and co-founded by Snoop Dogg. And they have closed on $100 million for its second investment fund and quoted the documents filed with the SEC, probably a PPM or something, a Reg D filing, maybe. Uh, Reg D filings. Those are fun, aren't they, Miggy? As a cannabis issue comes back, come back from what? It never hurt. Uh, there was a lot of M&A that kind of got struck down uh, when COVID kind of came out. But now that a lot of that M&A is rolling again. Uh, look at that. It's fueled by cash. Marijuana sales data reveal Americans bought 67% more weed to survive 2020. Leafly is reporting that Americans spent nearly $18 billion on cannabis in 2020. That's 65% more than last year. I would like to thank marijuana for getting me through 2020. I would also like to thank marijuana for getting me through 2020. Home grow. Home grow. Got me through 2020. Still have uh, quite a bit of it. I might go back to the dispensary just for some variety. I got a nice little infused uh, hash and uh, bubble hash uh, joint here. Oh, beautiful. Bubble hash. Now, bubble hash and bubba hash, two different things. Bubba Kush. Two different rappers. Yeah. <laughs> but I do enjoy the, the smell of a good bubba Kush strain. It is such a light and floral scent, and it is a little bit like bubble gum. I wonder what terpenes are causing that. If you know, drop it in the comments. So you're going to go forward with the uh, membership drive? Membership drive? Or, oh, no. I have to review all the uh, – yeah. did you see that? Miggy and I tried to do a membership site on the uh, channel, and then uh, we were immediately hit by a paywall. We're just like, hey, if you do this, we might delete you. And then the guy from Greenflower is like, oh, we used to have 140000 before they shut us down. And it's like, do you think I'm going to hit go on that? No. <laughs> no, I am not hitting go on that. I'm not. Oh, Dope is you only got deleted for almost a million. So, and now he's back, but like, uh, we're just gonna slow walk that one for a bit, you know, like go from 10,000 to 100,000, and then uh, from there, yeah. it's such a weird spot, though, man. How, why would we have to dance around this policy when we're both perfectly legal in our perspective states, perfectly legal in our country? Because of frickin' Mitch McConnell, who cheers lack of marijuana banking protection in the new COVID bill, by the way. And so uh, the new COVID bill did not include any type of banking reform, a.k.a. the Safe Banking Act. Still in Congress, not getting out of it. No, no go, says Mitch McConnell, according to um, Marijuana Moment, reported that on December 23rd. Yeah, just wait till January 6th and we'll find out what the difference will be. That's right, because what are you going to be doing on uh, January the 5th? I'll be watching Georgia. I'll be watching the Georgia results. And I want to make sure you already damn voted. So it looks like the Reds are winning again because they're all going to – no, they aren't going to stand in line. I bet everybody's going to vote from home this time. Why would you go outside when it's cold and you can just drop it in the mail? You know the mail's safe. They they checked it freaking three times. There's also a different strand of COVID out there now. I think I'll just stay inside for a while. Different strand of COVID still responds to the vaccine. Looking forward to that vaccine. 2021 might not be spent indoors. You know it would be great if everybody stopped doing our show? And then they went back to doing like, you know, normal events no. and stuff. So we can be like the guys doing Zooms. All the podcast competition is going to just crater. It's just going to go right by the wayside and they're going to go straight back to going outdoors and having fun. Uh, one day. Dude. Yeah. Well, no, this is this is fun. This is um, a podcast and we get to do a service. For example, did you know what a SPAC is? 
but no. SPAC is a special asset, uh, a special purchase asset corporation, I believe. And uh, they pump hundreds of millions of dollars in the U.S. cannabis industry through acquisitions. And so uh, Silver Spike closed on, let's see, some of them used to $662 million in cash to close on these. So are those just, just crazy? Is that an American firm or is that like an international? Special firm? purpose acquisition companies. One of these SPACs was, of course, Kaliva. Whoops. That was one of the uh, the Jay Z one, and so it wouldn't surprise me if that uh, that other one, the the Snoop Dogg one, that closed on the hundred million dollars, that also might be a spec, okay. special purpose asset companies, and so they just raise all this money to then buy all this other crap. Is that something where they raise funds together, or are they just? Uh, it's a lot of freaking pieces of paper and contracts and lawyers and stuff, and so and then yeah, money changes hands, uh, but they they use it to put money into to then go buy stuff so like you know somebody has those licenses that sean cotter is now going to start doing his his strains on well they don't call them strains they're called like number 88 or something his brand yeah yeah which i, I think 88 is also like a, a clan sign or i mean or white power i think he messed up on that one. Oh wow <laughs> i think that weed maps also might be a uh one of the yeah but then that that also might be a spac so that they, they formed a, some type of corporation uh, or corporate entity to take the assets of that industry uh, or that entity and, and then raise money for it. Man, I, I remember when the internet was young. Do you remember when marijuana.com got bought and sold? No, I don't remember when marijuana.com got bought and sold. Yeah, I don't know. The guy bought the URL, sold it for, I think, half a million or so. And then uh, I think WeMaps owns it. Like WeMaps at the one time was going through this huge kind of like uh, High Times was doing acquisitioning everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, when I was with my friends at the Weed Blog, when we we're all together doing a thing, they actually became friends. Uh, they gave them a new logo and shit. It looked pretty sharp, but then there was a falling out that I don't know about. I mean, I've always been the guy on the the foot uh, on the ground floor. I don't really like being the office guy. So oh okay, I yeah. Details. Sometimes being the office guy is nice. Uh, I like being the guy that's like, here, here, sign here and here and there. Okay, yeah. now go over there. Yeah. And then you, you, you fulfill the orders. So, like, I might take the cannabis sommelier class, or the gangier, to understand that customer service aspect so that my, uh, my clients at the collateral base will have uh, better quality service. Well, we have uh, here in Seattle, there's a, the community college offers a cannabis course for uh, medical. So, I've been thinking about taking that one myself. Oh, I think Tom froze. How did oh. I freeze? I'm fine. Oh, yeah. For a second there. I was taking a glass of water. Oh. Just, uh, you know, after you've been talking and smoking all day, you get a little parched. Tell you what, brother. Oh, wait, what's going on here? I think that's it for news. Oh, man, what a... Yeah, that, that's the news summary for the week. It was pretty slow, you know, uh, for Christmas. I hope that... To... Oh, yeah, Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Yeah. Uh, happy holidays, happy whatever you celebrate. Um, Festivus. Oh, no, shit, yeah, today's Festivus. Ah! H&H Bagel. You know, uh, so I'll, I'll watch that later. It's called The Strike. The name of the Seinfeld episode is called The Strike. You got a grievance you like to air? Uh, my grievances all have to do with 2020. I, I don't mind working from home. It's fine. Like, my, my practice is very sophisticated. So, like, it's all just ones and zeros anyway. But at the same time, I would like to be able to go places after, after work. Like, hey, let's go to that event thing. Ooh, I like going to things. Yeah, no, I yeah. miss Bobby Mayer, dude. Like sometimes when I'm walking, I just take the mask off, go. Oh. Yeah. 
Well, Merry Christmas, guys. Uh, everybody watching, make sure you tune in this Sunday. We're going to have a 10,000 follower uh, celebration. Um, I'm not sure exactly what we're planning, but it should be fun. Oh, there's going to be a giveaways. We're going to be giving away tube uh, tubes, all the bovidas we have, uh, hemp nuggets, perhaps, some hemp nuggets. Tune in for those. And whatever else we can give away, maybe this chair. It's starting to hurt my back. Hell yeah. <laughs> Come smoke with us, guys. Uh, make sure you like and subscribe. Keep up with all cannabis legalization news. We will see you on Sunday.